There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. And I'm singing this song in my little denim bustier and my curls and never been in New York, fresh out of Georgia. And he's like, great, we're going to sign you. And it was almost like everyone knew that they were making me pop, but then I was the last to know. Because I would go in the studio and they would tell me to take the twang out of my voice and they would mute the banjo that I had asked for. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, is this not a country project? What's happened? We are going to have some fun today, friends. Jesse James Decker is in the house. And this house is on Music Row in Nashville. I'm Amber Anderson. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Kelly Sutton. (laughs) And this is Country Heat Weekly, the destination for country music fans who want to be in the know. I had not met Jesse before today. She is a blast. Isn't she great? Yes. I knew you'd love her. I love her. I have had a chance to interview her several times over the years, and she has actually been doing country music since she was 17. And I think she might be new to a lot of our listeners. So it's going to be fun to introduce her to everybody. So it's been another busy week here in Nashville. Thank goodness for social media. I feel like it's the only way I can keep up with everything you've been doing, Kelly. Thank goodness for this podcast. It gives us a chance to share our adventures with everybody. It's been very busy. Things on my list to talk about today include celebrating a number one with Dirks, Hardy, and Breland. And also Naomi Judd's public memorial service. I was there. So we're going to talk about that. We were fifth row at the Ryman, directly behind all the stars. I've got a lot to share about that. How about you? Well, you'll be shocked to know, Kelly, that my country music adventures intersected with sports. No. (laughs) I know. Shocker, right? I got to see our bestie Breland sing the national anthem at the Nashville Predators game. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light. Unfortunately, it was the last game of the season. Our season ended that night. We lost the series, but... It wasn't Breland's fault. It was not Breland's fault. We still love you, go Preds. But he absolutely slayed it. It was so, so good. He really must think we're stalking him by now because I talked to him ahead of the Beers on Me celebration. I mean, he wouldn't be wrong. (laughs) But it's harmless stalking, I promise, I promise. We just love cheering on our bestie Breland. So at that event, I learned something really interesting, which ties into our Rediscover segment in a roundabout way. 
I was talking with songwriter Ashley Gorley, who has 59 number one songs. I mean, he's a very, very, very big deal. Yeah. We were saying that songs with 90s country vibes are doing so well right now that some songwriters are actually being directed to write more of them. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Isn't it? Okay, I want to hear more about this. I mean, I guess music's kind of like fashion, Mm -hmm. pop culture. Like 90s boy band reunions are totally in right now. Yes, And I'm here for it. I'm so thankful that they are. But you know what I mean? I feel like throwbacks make people feel good and nostalgic and it takes people back to a really like happy, positive time. So maybe like if that's what audiences are taking to, I'm not surprised that, you know, The music's being, you know, directed to follow the trend. Well, and the interesting thing was, specifically, they said songs that mention a 90s song in the title. Oh, yeah. So, for example, Cole Swindell has a great song, which he wrote with Mm -hmm. Ashley Gorley, Mm. called... She Had Me at Heads Carolina. Well, we know Heads Carolina was the Jody Messina song that everybody fell in love with. And this song really is rewritten lyrics to the same song. Right. So it's the love and nostalgia that we had for Jody's song written with updated lyrics that Cole is singing. It's a win-win. I get it. I mean, especially because I think with a lot of the artists that we have come in here and they talk about the things that made them fall in love with country music, a lot of it is 80s and 90s country. So I think it makes sense. I think it's a trend we're going to see for a while. It's interesting, though. I'm going to have to dig more into that. Okay. Well, it is time now to head into the kitchen to find out what's cooking in country music. The kitchen is the perfect place to be for this segment. Yeah. Now, if my stomach rumbles during the first story, you can just blame country music. We've got country stars with food and beverage deals to talk about. Well, the most important meal of the day is breakfast, and it's about to get a whole lot better. Kane Brown has launched his own brand of cocoa cereal, Kane Crunch. Okay, it sounds delicious, and the reason behind this idea is awesome. A portion of the proceeds will benefit charities that support U.S. armed forces, youth, and affordable housing initiatives. I want to know what kind of cereal is it going to be? Is it going to be like Cocoa Pebbles? Because if that's the case, I'm in. Yes. I mean, it's gonna. I bet you it's going to be good regardless. Or like Cocoa Puffs, you know? As long as it's got some sugar in it, I'm okay. I'm trying it. <laughs> I'm trying it. Okay, moving on to lunch. Have you heard that Taco Bell's Mexican pizza is returning to the menu this month? Yes, but that's not even the best part. The chain is putting together a TikTok musical debuting May 26th, and Dolly Parton is a part of the cast. Okay, so when I first heard that, (laughs) I did a double take, but it's true. Right. (laughs) Dolly will be co-starring in the TikTok production Mexican Pizza, the musical, alongside rapper Doja Cat. I think I'm actually stuck on what exactly a TikTok musical is. I mean, is it just three-minute scenes? I know. I was wondering that, too. I have no idea. But if anybody can make it work, it's Dolly. And we've said it before, but there's really nothing that she can't do. I found out this all came about because she mentioned in an interview months ago that she really liked the little Mexican pizzas at Taco Bell. (laughs) And they took them off the menu and she was heartbroken. I mean, if if there's a reason to bring back the Mexican pizza, it's because Dolly Parton said so. Amen. (laughs) I mean, good job, Taco Bell. You did the right thing. Cereal and pizza would have been like my ideal diet as a kid. Not even going to lie. Okay, so let's add an adult beverage, and then you've got the full college experience. (laughs) Well, Brad Paisley's got that covered. He's going to be unveiling a second batch of his bourbon, American Highway Reserve Route 2. Just think about this for a second. Drinking Brad's bourbon almost means you were on the road with him for his 2021 U.S. tour. (laughs) While he was performing, his bourbon was aging in barrels inside a semi-truck. I mean, leave it to Brad. It's a fun tie-in. I mean, 
I always find it interesting how much Brad loves the culture of alcohol. But did you know that he doesn't drink at all? He never has. And yet he sings about drinking all the time. Yeah. He even had an album called Moonshine in the Trunk. Yeah. I mean, he's quite a student of the distilling and manufacturing process. And he has a collection of liquor at his studio. He knows everything about it. He just doesn't drink it. Well, the things you learn here on Country Heat Weekly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, last week, we were so lucky to have Midland pop into the studio to talk about their third studio album, The Last Resort, colon, greetings from. Full colon. (laughs) (laughs) If you did not listen to that interview, go back and listen to last week's interview. It was hilarious. But since they were here, they've also announced that this is the title of their fall tour. And they're going to kick things off on September 23rd in Tucson, Arizona and run through Friday, November 18th in Seattle, Washington. I can't wait for September to get here. But before it does, Brett Eldridge will be hitting the road with his Songs About You tour. And I think he's over in Europe right now, actually. Mm -hmm. But he's starting out stateside with a performance on June 19th in Wheaton, Illinois, just a few days after the release of his recently announced Songs About You album. Now, looking at all the guests that are going to be joining him throughout the tour, I can already tell it's going to be a great set of shows. Bestie Breland is going to be on some of those dates. Nate Smith, Lauren Elena, and Kaylee Hammock are just a few of the special guests that will perform on select dates. Well, clearly, we'll be finding a date that Breland is opening. Mm-hmm. And maybe another one. Who knows? <laughs> We've also got new tour dates from Cam, Craig Morgan, and Jelly Roll this week. There's so many great opportunities to see some live music this year. I cannot wait. Oh, by the way, I met Jelly Roll last week. Oh, really? Yeah. I interviewed him for another one of my gigs. We're going to talk about his song in the Heat Index. Okay. Well, first, though, tell me about being at the memorial service for Naomi Judd. It was beautiful. It was held at the Ryman. You walked in and they had some of Naomi's beautiful dresses at the VIP entrance, including outfits that she wore last month at the CMT Awards. The stage was absolutely incredible. Thousands of flowers framing the stage with a gorgeous, shimmery backdrop. It was beautiful and it was everything that she would have loved. I watched some of the video clips There were so many flowers. I was like, are those all real? They were real. Yeah. I saw your Insta story too. They looked beautiful. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. The show was put together as a CMT special. So while there were several hundred fans in attendance, thousands more were able to watch it on live TV. Did you have a favorite performance from the night? You know, it was really moving and there were so many people that came up to pay tribute to Naomi. But hearing Winona sing... It, first of all, reminded me of what a great vocalist she is. She did the rose with Brandy Carlisle, and it was the moment. Yeah, I imagine. Oh, wow. It was incredible. But then she also did Love Can Build a Bridge, and her church choir came down the Ryman pews and sang. It was otherworldly. Then it was all of us singing it together. The band dropped out. It was just acoustic, and it was... It was a special moment, for sure. And the Ryman, too. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And from the clips I saw, Ashley McBride's performance was another showstopper. Yeah, she was really emotional. Both she and Philip Sweet of Little Big Town were two of the people that really wore their heart on their sleeve when they were on the stage. I mean, Philip had to turn away from the audience and compose himself at one point. Ugh. Well, it looked like quite the star-studded send-off for Miss Naomi. I don't know if they were actually shown on television, but there were even more artists in the pews. I mean, Kelsey Ballerini and Morgan Evans were in the very front. Sarah Evans was there, Dina Carter, Shelley Wright. Oh, and Robin Roberts from Good Morning America was the host of the event. Yeah, and I saw like Morgan Freeman send in a video and Oprah. Oh, it was incredible. Bono. 
Yeah. Sent in a video and Bette Midler is a special night. Well, it sounded like a really special night. Thank you for the inside scoop. And we should note that Winona announced from the stage that she will play the 11 dates that were booked for the Judd's tour, including the October 28th date here in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena. note of our heat index and tell you what's hot on Amazon Music's Country Heat Playlist. The cover stars this week are Dirk Bentley and L. King. Together again. That's right. <laughs> they have a brand new song on the playlist called Worth a Shot. I love L. King. I mean, she's a much needed voice in, uh, in country music. Country music needs more characters, you know. We just need people that Bring the crazy. Elle also has a solo song on the playlist called Out Yonder that we dug into on last week's episode. And side note to the booking team, can we please get Elle King on the podcast? Yes! <laughs> I love her so much. Okay, so you mentioned meeting Jelly Roll. I need more info on that, but first, let's tell everyone who Jelly Roll is. Okay, he is a native of Nashville, basically a unicorn. Anybody that was born and raised here is a unicorn. Up to this point, he's done mostly rap music, working with guys like Lil Wayne and Ryan Upchurch. And now, he's gone country? He has. (laughs) Although, being born and raised in Music City, he'd probably tell you he's always been a little bit country. But he definitely does not fit the mold of what a guy singing country music would look like. (laughs) For sure. He's got a lot of face and neck tattoos. I would think talking to him could be a bit intimidating. You know what? No. He is the biggest, sweetest teddy bear. I really, really liked him. I like this song that we've got on the playlist, too. It's called Son of a Sinner. I'm just a long-haired son of a sinner Searching for new The way that you sing this, you feel it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. That is my number one goal as a songwriter. When you are singing it, where are you pulling from? A lifetime of pain. A lifetime of watching people suffer, watching people battle drug addictions and lose, watching people overcome obstacles, find their way on the other side. A lifetime of seeing people balance life. Mm. My father was a man of duality. He would go to work every day, and then he would leave work, and he would go have a cocktail happy hour at the same place every single day. And every Tuesday, he would bring donuts to men's Bible study. But Monday night, he'd get trashed. It just kind of inspired my whole writing style. It wasn't even just Son of a Sinner. My whole approach to making music is therapeutic music, real music for real people that have been through real stuff. Also last week in the show, we talked about Kane Brown's new song, Like I Love Country Music, which is on the playlist, featuring a special appearance by Kix Brooks and Ronnie Dunn. And that's what inspired this week's Rediscover segment. So stay tuned for that later. Whether you like the 90s country of Brooks and Dunn, the modern sounds of today, or anything in between, we've got you covered here on Country He Weekly. Before we go to break, we are going to ask you to put your thinking caps on because we want to see if you can figure out who said this. It's our segment called, Who Said That? The quote is, it was during fanfare week and I was up here with my parents and I just completely was the biggest germ groupie fan ever. (laughs) 
Okay, who said that? Keep listening and we'll tell you right here on Country Heat Weekly. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. No matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your baby's mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Get your baby butt in the best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. Time to tell you who said that. Uh completely mobbed Tammy Cochran randomly for no reason and was freaking out. It was during fanfare week and um, I was up here with my parents and I just completely was the biggest Gurm groupie fan ever and would not shut up and she probably hates me to this day. She doesn't know it's me though. She doesn't know it was me. I'm sure she doesn't remember. Miranda Lambert! (laughs) Stars, they're just like us. Now Miranda was talking about being a fan at CMA Fest back when it was called Fanfare. You guys listening are coming to CMA Fest, right? It's country music's biggest party, and it's back June 9th through the 12th right here in Nashville. So are we allowed to tell everybody yet what we're doing at CMA Fest? I don't think so. But everyone needs to know so they can plan to be here. (laughs) Soon, Amber. We'll tell them soon. (laughs) I'm impatient. I'm just saying. CMA Fest starts June 9th. There are things we'll be at that we want you to be at. So be here. That's the best piece we could ever get. (laughs) Stay tuned. Our guest today is the definition of a hard worker. Her talent also extends far beyond the music scene, although she's been recording country music since she was a teenager. Okay, two times New York Times bestselling author, lifestyle influencer, mom of three, former reality TV star, boss babe, and fashionista. Her fashion line, Kittenish, which I'm wearing right now, has four retail stores, including one right here in Nashville. She's also a sneakerhead and has her own collection with DSW. She's currently headlining the Woman I've Become Tour in support of her seven-track e and her current single off the project, Should Have Known Better, has surpassed 30 million global streams. This lady is full of passion, and she's joining us today to answer our question, how does she do it all? Welcome, Jesse James Decker. So good to see you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> how are y'all? We're good. How really are you? Really good. I'm good. I told you guys right before the start, we just got off the bus, so yeah. I'm a little hoarse, a little tired, but I'm, I'm here and I'm feeling good. Glad to talk to y'all. After this list that we just ran through, <laughs> tired would be the only acceptable answer. Right. You could really, like, give us a master class on running the world. <laughs> like, you do <laughs> I don't know all about of that. the things. So, can you take us through kind of, like, what a typical day is like for you? Like, how do you approach the day? You know what? It has taken so many years to finally get to a place where I feel like I'm good at m- making a schedule. I used to try to cram everything in every day, and it got to the point where— I felt like I didn't have time to eat lunch, and that's just not healthy. After 2020, and we had such a great time to just, like, relax and really just think about things, 
I decided to completely reshift everything. So I do one thing a day if I can work wise and I make sure I do not miss a workout because it makes me feel good. I make sure that, you know, I can pick the kids up from school like What's so great about being here is as soon as, as, soon as I'm done, I'm going to get in my car and go pick the kids up from school. Yeah. Like you, I make sure that nothing interferes with being a mom and um, having my family, but also I do that one work thing a day. And so instead of doing all the things, mm-hmm. you pick one, one thing a day. <laughs> oh, I love this. I know. Okay. I like that approach a lot. So a lot of our listeners and viewers probably know you from either one of your business ventures mm-hmm. or TV show. Mm-hmm. I want to dig into the tenacity of your music career. You fell in love with country music. How old were you? I was, oh my goodness, I think I really fell in love with it when I was maybe three or four. Wow. Country music was always on on the radio for me. And so I started singing Trisha Yearwood, Leanne Rimes, Winona Judd when I was really young and fell madly in love with the genre. When you figured out that Nashville is the it city for country, when did you decide that you were going to start making treks back and forth? After seeing Coal Miner's Daughter. I was like, okay, we have to go to Nashville. I have to go play at the Grand Ole Opry. These are all the things that we need to do (laughs) to make it happen. And so I was obsessed and I was hooked. And so, I mean, I have like drawings that I've drawn of myself as a little girl with crayons playing at the Grand Ole Opry. Of course, I spelled Opry wrong. But (laughs) I, that, it was a goal. It was a dream. And I, and I felt like it, that's what needed to happen. And so I started coming to Nashville with my mom. She started taking me from Georgia to Nashville when I was 15. Music hasn't always been the easiest thing for you here. You've had, you know, multiple record deals. Yes. Especially with everything else, you know, you touch turns to gold. You've been been pushing through on the music thing. What's kept you going? Because it's my passion. It's what I love more than anything. And I feel like a lot of these other things I've done have been vehicles to try to help kind of amplify the music stuff. I think that everything happens for a reason and time is everything. And I truthfully feel like the universe, God did not want this music thing for me to take off at an early age. You know, I don't know that I was mentally and emotionally prepared for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I was the strong woman and that I am today. And so I think that, you know, everything is a blessing. And for me, it was not meant to happen then. And I do feel like I needed to have my children and an amazing husband and a great home life, family life to feel secure and strong and grounded. And I needed to be humbled in order to be so grateful for what's happening right now. And so all these other things I've done along the way have been absolute blessings. I'm so grateful for for all of them. But music has always been the number one. You know, and you just said timing is everything. Mm-hmm. And then we come to the EP, The Woman I've Become. Yes. So <laughs> to have that backstory and mm-hmm. to know that that's where you you started, it wasn't even on a level playing field. I feel like it was you were already in a hole almost yeah. and had to get back up to a level playing field then to relaunch and to become a country star. Well, what's funny is that I feel like I've continued every time I try to do this to have to fight through some sort of hurdle or I feel like I'm constantly having to prove myself. And that's been a bit of a challenge and I've been, you know, luckily pretty resilient. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once I got the pop deal, then definitely no one wanted to take me seriously as a country artist. Like, oh, well, she's just, she was signed to pop. I mean, yeah. I was sneaking into country radio stations on pop radio tour telling these country PDs, I'm really country. There's been a mistake. You will see me in here again. <laughs> like, I, I fought really hard. But once that happened, they didn't want to take me seriously as a country artist. And then I get a reality show. And I did a reality show so that I could make people know about my music. Then it was, well— She's just a reality star. Yeah. Now yeah. we don't take her seriously as a country artist. And it was like, I don't know what it's going to take, you know? And 
I truthfully feel like, like I told y'all before, all of these hurdles, I think, led me to this place of a woman I've become that I've, I had to fight. I had to work really hard. I have, and and I think I'm more humble and grateful than I could ever be to be in this exact place right now because it took a lot to get here, <laughs> and it's finally happening. It's finally <laughs> happening. Okay, so you wrote two of the songs. One being the title track mm-hmm. sounds very personal. Yes, it is. I did. I wrote a song called "The Woman I Become," which is the title track to the record, and um, it was a personal song. And you know, I don't like to divulge too much into it because I think it was hard enough as it is. Is to even put it on the record. But I think it's pretty clear, you know, the emotions I was feeling. And it was therapy for, for me to be able to take lyrics from a journal that I had written about how I was feeling. And it almost gave me closure that I needed just to get it off my chest and out there. It's going to be the soundtrack to maybe some other little girl who's writing in a journal, right? I think so. And it's, you know, all you can ask for as a songwriter and as an artist is to be able to make music that make people feel something. And, you know, it's it's one of those songs I think is up for, you know, you could take it any way you want. Mm-hmm. And I want music to be healing. I want it to make you feel good. I want it to make you dance. I want it to make you feel something. And so I think with this song, for me, it was healing. And if it can help someone heal, then... I've done my job. You mentioned dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a fledgling songwriter that you're helping out named Marin Morris. <laughs> yeah. I see that she is on this. Girls like to dance. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the song. So I had heard this song because one of the executives at my label sent it over and said, I don't know how this came across my desk, but I love this song. It's got such a great vibe, great energy. And I heard it and it was just Marin and a stripped down guitar. And I just thought it was so freaking cool. We love a dance song. We're staying on the dance vibe. Uh-huh. Okay. Staying on the dance vibe. The song that we have on our playlist, of course, is Should've Known Better. Yes. <laughs> and as we mentioned, it's racked up. 30 million streams globally. I cannot believe that. That's, That's so amazing. awesome. That I is like, that. I mean, we were listening to it doing glam out there. Just want you oh to know. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> um, impacting the country radio in a really big way, but yep. you also just released a dance mix. I did. I did. I, so I'm loving this. I wanted to do a dance <laughs> remix because that is a big part of me. You know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be at the clubs and I want people that maybe don't, you know, necessarily listen to country music this forces them to listen to country music because it's a dance country club I remix. love that It is such a jam, and to hear it, you're sassy and fun, and it just shows your personality so much. You can you can tell that you're having a good time when you're performing this one. Oh, I do. I love singing it every night. Okay, so I have to ask, with all of your other brands, mm-hmm. are you incorporating them into the tour at all? Like yeah. merch stand? Are you selling Totally. Selling so we have concert stand? tees, of course, but we have Kittenish out there. We've got to have cool. Kittenish. Okay. If I don't bring Kittenish... I get upset. So we gotta have we've got like some cute denim jackets and little things that we've got out there for everybody. Um, so I always try to incorporate and, and put put things together in some way. It's kind of hard to bring the books out, but we've got CDs out there, of course. Um, 
But I am getting excited and gearing up for my my next book. I have uh, a third book in the works. Ooh, tell us all the details. Yes, it's another cookbook, of course. And uh, we were actually just in the middle this morning of scheduling the photo shoot of what it'll be. It'll be more comfort food, of course, because I'm a comfort food girl. Um, But I'm really excited about that one. And that's been a consistent question on the meet and greet lines is when's the next cookbook? Because I think the last one was so easy for everyone. I want to make easy recipes because I'm not here to— you know, complicate anything. So it'll be more easy, delicious comfort recipes. Okay, so what are your goals for music this next year? You want me to like really aim high here? Let's do yeah, it. let's go. Hey, <laughs> we manifestation. Have had this is like the manifestation room. It we is. say things out loud and they happen. We okay. lit a Dolly candle. Dolly came on the podcast. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Come on, girl. So speak it into existence. Okay, I'm aiming high, but I would love to have a number one record. A number one single. I would. I've never had a song at country radio before. I'd love to go on tour. I'm going on tour with Kane Brown. I'd love to go on tour with some other amazing, incredible artists. Shoot, I would love to. I, it's say no it. physical records anymore. I so know. I don't know how to. Is it streaming? What do you say? <laughs> Back then, it's like I want a platinum record. Is that yeah. still a thing? Yes, it is. I would love a platinum record. I'd love to keep recording music. I would love to. I'd love to win an award one day. I've never been nominated for anything really never no I just would love to be a part of those things it would feel good I'd feel like I'm a part of it well <laughs> so that's it those are my anything dreams anything that we can do we're gonna we're gonna be throwing you <laughs> yeah. out there for sure for well sure. I can't wait until we can you pull that it. audio when she gets I nominated know. and we'll I be know. like do you remember when Jesse said and then she just got nominated that'll be fun we're I doing a whole thing so around excited. that. excited. <laughs> We're manifesting it. I'm telling you. Please. If we got you. anybody can make it happen, it's you. Well, thank you. Seriously. And you know what? My mom always said, you just see it to believe it to achieve it. So you, that's what I've always done. See it, believe it, well, achieve it. We're cheering for you for sure. We're rooting you on. Thanks, y'all. We love Big watching time. you shine. Thank, thank you all so much. Thank y'all for having me. Of course. Thanks You're for being here. Shit. Y'all are great. Thank you. <laughs> Rediscover segment takes a look back at the important artists and music in country music history. Now, sometimes it's a pioneer, sometimes it's a groundbreaking album, but always it's an act that deserves credit for their impact on the genre. Today, we're going to rediscover Ronnie Dunn and Kix Brooks, the duo whose music has been a staple in honky-tonks everywhere. And now... TikTok. (laughs) Brooks and Dunn have just never gone out of style. No, they definitely haven't. One of their songs, Neon Moon, which also happens to be my favorite Brooks and Dunn song, has gone viral. TikTok's really become such a powerful platform for not only newcomers, but legendary artists like Reba, Patsy Cline, and Brooks and Dunn. Now, remember their song, Boot Scootin' Boogie, started a line dance craze in the 90s. I mean, they were social (laughs) influencers before social media even existed. Right? (laughs) Well, now their music has resurfaced on the social media app where people are dancing along to the intro of Neon Moon. When the sun goes down on my side of town That lonesome feeling comes to my door and the whole world turns. Can you do the dance, Kelly? Um, Amber, everyone can do that (laughs) dance. It's the easiest one that I've seen on TikTok yet. Okay, true, true. (laughs) Now, aside from their latest success as TikTok sensations, Brooks and Dunn have had a long, successful music career with a few bumps along the way. So let's take a look back through their journey as an iconic duo. 
When Ronnie and Kix first met, they were in their mid-30s and both pursuing solo careers without much success until they were presented with the opportunity to form a duo by songwriter and former label head Tim Dubois. It took a bit of convincing to get them on board. I mean, they weren't too keen on the idea at first. But at that point, they were both starving artists in Nashville, so they figured, why not give it a shot? And boy, did it pay off. The first week they met, they wrote Brand New Man. And this song ended up being their first number one hit right off the bat. I saw the light, I've been baptized by the fire in your church and the flame in your eyes. I'm born to love again, I'm a brand new man. Brooks and Dunn's career really took off in the 90s after the release of their debut album, Brand New Man. This project made history for the duo and country music. The project went triple platinum and sold 3 million copies. They went on to receive 29 ACM awards between 1992 and 2010, making them the duo with the most duo of the year wins. While we're on the topic of how Brooks and Dunn made music history, their song Ain't Nothing About You was released in 2001, and for six weeks, it stayed on Billboard's Hot Country Songs chart. This was their longest run on the charts out of any of their other 20 number ones, and it was the record for any duo in history. With all the success they were having as a band, it was definitely surprising when they announced their retirement in 2009 and did one final tour. No farewell tour is ever really final, though, is it? (laughs) Because they are about to hit the road on their 2022 reboot tour. They may have thought they wanted to quit, but they decided they weren't quite ready to be done making music as a duo. Yeah, and they actually reunited just a few years later, talked things out, and in no time, they were back on stage starting their Las Vegas residency. Reba joined them for the Vegas residency known as Reba, Brooks, and Dunn together in Vegas. And it was the longest-running country residency in Los Vegas. They performed at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace from 2015 until 2021. Reba also had the honor of inducting them into the Country Music Hall of Fame in the Modern Era Artist category in 2019. I mean, talk about coming out of retirement with a bang. They really came back full force. You know, I feel like their music was kind of the soundtrack of a generation. And one song that really timestamps history was Only in America. The opening line of that song says, sun's coming up over New York City. And this was their single that was on the radio at the time of 9-11. It was also the song that they used to open their show on tour. And we can recall that in September of 2001, everything shut down after the attacks on America and concerts were canceled. The first show back opened with those iconic words. Sun coming up over New York City. To this day, it's emotional to even think about that. I said, is this weird for us just to go yeehawing out there? And we realized once then we walked out and we hit that song and we realized that audience was packed with flags and signs and God bless the USA. And to look out across that audience, I I breathe such a sigh of relief. It's like, oh yeah, they got it. They came here to party. They came here to celebrate this country. And this is going to be a good night. You know, I will never forget the night Barack Obama was elected president. He walked out to that huge crowd in Chicago and this song played in the line that says one might be president. I mean, 
like crazy powerful. Yeah, I mean, this song certainly made its mark on history. Surprisingly, it wasn't featured on their 2019 reboot project, where they re-recorded the songs with current superstars like Brett Young, Luke Combs, Thomas Rhett, and more. We've just scratched the surface on Brooks and Dunn's career highlights. So if you want to listen to the hits we talked about, plus so many more, check out the Rediscover Brooks and Dunn playlist on Amazon Music. Episode number 24 of Country Heat Weekly is in the books. Two dozen episodes, and we're just getting started. Future editions of Country Heat Weekly are going to feature TJ Osborne from Brothers Osborne, Tyler Hubbard, all by himself, Kelsey Ballerini, and Jordan Davis. Plus, we're going to rediscover some more 90s country stars, including Martina McBride, Jody Messina, and Shelly Wright. Now, you guys are a big part of this show, getting out to country music fans. So thank you for all of the posts and tweets and shares on social media. Keep using that hashtag, Country Heat Weekly. And shout out to Yvonne, Robbie, Tucker, and Joan, who checked in with us this week. And Runner M 34 who said he went to college with you, Kelly. Uh-oh. Careful what you post there, sir. (laughs) We're getting nosy again this week with our burning question, asking the stars what's the weirdest thing they have in their closet. Of course we had to ask Jesse James Decker. I mean, I bet her closet is amazing. Maybe like the sticky boob things. Those are weird. Mm -hmm. I think if a guy went in there, it'd be like, what is is this? I have those in my closet, too. I know guys are probably like, what is that? So weird. So weird. (laughs) Well, here are more hot takes from Ryan Hurd, Morgan Wade, and Nico Moon. I have so many sweaters, you wouldn't even believe it. I also have every single color of the Nike Blazer 77s because that was what I wore on stage uh, for a couple years touring. But yeah, I got a lot of wild sweaters, which I really like. I also have these Ugg sneakers that I don't know if they ever went to market, but they have these like, they're like all fuzzy, Sherpa-y inside. The amount of Jordans, probably, that I have in my closet. Sitting at well over 100 right now. In a little box, I got some baseball cards from when I was a kid. Why I'm still holding on to them, I don't know, but I don't know. They're sentimental, so in the box they stay. And if you listen to our podcast with Maren Morris a few weeks back, you will not be surprised at all by her answer. Uh, a bunch of fake hair. <laughs> I love fake hair. Country Heat Weekly is a collaborative production between Amazon Music and Nevermind Media. Executive producer is Melissa Locker. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Tim Einenkel. Production assistance from Annie Reuter, Debbie Daughtry, Madeline O'Connell, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne, with additional music from Madeline McCormack. The Amazon Music team includes Nathan Brackett, Emily Cohen, Chris Graham, Michelle Kammerer, Eliza Mills, Morgan Jones, and Raymond Roker. Development consultant, Michelle Dix. Additional production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Abby, Jake, Osmo, and all the other very good dogs out there. Be sure to follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. Future editions of Country Heat Weekly are going to feature T.J. Osborne from Brothers Osborne, Tyler Hubbard, Kelsey Ballerini, and Jordan Davis. Oh, my gosh. When? (laughs) When is this happening? (laughs) What date is this? The day after Memorial Day, that Tuesday. Happy birthday to me. 
Hey, this is Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, where twice a week I speak to meditation teachers, top research scientists, and even the odd celebrity about how to do life better. And on a recent episode, I spoke to the huge global pop star Dua Lipa about how she does her own life. What are the non-negotiable practices and principles for her? Those are just like life things that I like to live by. Uh, never do the same job twice and never leave today's thing for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Those are really important things. The episode is uh, incredible and actually quite practical, especially when it comes to creativity. Is it true that in typical overachiever fashion, you wrote 97 songs for this record? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wrote 97 songs. We wrote a lot of songs, but not all of them are good. You know, that's the other thing. Like I have to write myself into a good idea. To listen to this episode and more, follow 10% Happier on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to 10% Happier early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.